Today we have a hand featuring Garrett Adelstein. It turns out all the hands that are featured on this channel apparently now feature Garrett Adelstein because he's the person who gets in there, battles, has confrontations, and crazy things happen when he's at the table. Look like a man who's about to make a lot more money. <laughs> I think Stanley may get all of the money if he goes check call, check call. Have a good hand, huh? Feels extremely likely of a good hand. Let's get down to the felt. This Stanley is a billionaire too. What do you mean this Stanley? Well, there's another Stanley who plays on the show who's a billionaire. That's a lot of Stanleys who are billionaires who play on Hustler Casino. Who's the other? Oh, Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, I know the other Stanley. Stanley was on my left yeah. at the main event on day two. He was? Okay. Yeah, my direct left. I believe he's a billionaire. I think so. This one's definitely a billionaire. A lot of Stanley. If your name's Stanley and you play on Hustler Casino Live, the chances are you're a billionaire. That's two for two. Yeah. That's impressive. That's a lot of money coming into Gardena on a random night. I mean, they don't bring the billion with them, but... Are you sure? I'm not sure. You know. I've seen a four-bit pot here. Garrett, three-bit. Stanley, four-bits. Stanley opens it up under the gun. Garrett opts to three-bet the ace-nine of clubs. I think calling is perfectly fine. Three-betting is also perfectly fine. When your opponent under the gun, which realize we're only playing six-handed, so not so it's not like it's under the gun nine-handed. But when your under the gun opponent raises, you may not want to three-bet hands like ASEX suited. You may instead want to call because you really, really, really don't want to get four-bet. But whatever, I think it's perfectly fine to put in the three with the ace nine of clubs. Back over to Stanley, he does the right thing. He bumps it up with the ace king. So many people on the spot call every time because they want to see if they get an ace or a king before they put the money in. But you have to realize. If your opponent is three betting with more than just the nuts, as a lot of good players do, you're going to be dominating them a lot of the time, and you just want to get money in the pot when you are crushing your opponent. So Stanley does put in the re-raise, back around to Garrett, nasty spot, in position, getting okay odds though. Guess we got to call and see what develops. Problems with four betting ace king offsuit when you are mega mega deep is you're going to have to play a pot out of position. And you're just not going to make many hands that are better than one pair. Stanley does check, a sneaky check. I like the check. On the ace six five flop, I was somewhat surprised to see Stanley go for the check because this is the board where you should have a lot of hands like aces, kings and queens. Kings and queens are obviously not great, but also a lot of your bluffs are gonna come from ace x suited or perhaps hands like ace queen offsuit. So you actually have a ton of ace-x in this scenario. And because of that, I think you probably just want to do a lot of frequent small betting. But, you know, checking's fine too, especially if you get the vibe that if you check, Garrett may go for a bet. Let's see if he does. It's going to be very hard for him to have a very strong hand here. Besides aces, he could have aces, but... You think about the rest of his range. Kings aren't going to want to bet here. Queens aren't going to want to bet. Jacks aren't going to want to bet. And even a hand like ace-king can't withstand a ton of pressure. 
Garrett does go for a small bet in the scenario with the ace nine suited, which makes a lot of sense if he's playing against a player who will bet all of his good hands on the flop and check all of his marginal hands on the flop, which is actually what a lot of players do. But not Stanley. He gets in there. He battles. He mixes it up. And because of that, that makes Garrett's bet with the ace nine suited way worse than if he was playing against a much more straightforward opponent. Because if a straightforward opponent checks, they usually have bad ace x or worse, usually a hand like a pocket pair, like pocket tens, jacks, queens, kings, and obviously ace nine suited is crushing those hands, and those hands will always call a small bet, so it makes sense to get money in. But as your opponent starts checking with more hands like ace king, ace queen, ace jack, now you have to be way, way, way more cautious putting in the bet. All right, facing the 7,500, what does Stanley do? So most of the hands that Stanley has prefer checking. And just going with a simplified strategy of checking all your hands here seems to be okay. I don't like the raise quite as much. Stanley opts to check raise. Kind of big to 25,000. I think this is fine if you expect Garrett to be very calling stationy against you. But I think in this scenario, most people check raise the flop far too infrequently with bluffs. And if you think about it, what bluffs even make a whole lot of sense in this scenario? I mean, the only bluffs that makes logical sense to me are going to be hands like 8-7 suited or maybe 9-7 suited or 9-8 suited with a backdoor flush draw. And that's about it. And most people don't format those hands before the flop. So if your opponent can't even have those hands, what are they really check raising? They're check raising almost all good hands. Now, Garrett's in a bit of a pickle because ace nine suited is actually a pretty good hand. And for all he knows, maybe Stanley's going for this play with a hand like ace three suited or ace eight suited. But look, if you told me in this spot, Garrett just wants to find an immediate fold to the $25,000 check raise. I mean, look, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, you have to think Stanley's very straightforward and basically like never bluffing not and not capable of getting out of line at all. I don't know much about Stanley, but you know, if I've learned one thing from playing with billionaires, they're the types of players who actually do get in there and battle hard every once in a while, especially when they decide to ruin your day. So with that read, don't really see how Garrett can fold, but this is a situation that is very, very, very often under bluffed. And if you do not beat most of the good strong value range, you probably want to get out of the way early. Let's see what Garrett does. What you do is you let Garrett off the hook with weaker ace-x. Whereas if you just check-called this flop, I guarantee Garrett would always bet the turn. With both hands like 7-8 suited, 8-9 suited, and also mm -hmm. weaker ace-x. Garrett is going to call once. But I think if Stanley bombs his turn, he's going to get away from it. The turn is the two of spades, which is pretty much a total blank. If Stanley did have ace two suited, that just came in, but obviously that's blocked pretty hard by Garrett's hand and the board. He could have a hand like nine eight of spades or nine seven of spades that just turned a flush draw that would likely shove. But that's about it. Besides all the really good hands, Stanley rips it in for a little bit less than pot. Over to Garrett. Let's see what happens. So a couple things going on here. One, four bet pots are under bluffed. Two, eight side boards are under bluffed. Three check raises on flops are under bluffed for 
pot size jams on turns and four bet pots on ace high boards or under, like it's just a massively under bluff spot. I think Garrett's gonna get away from this. sell me on it Stanley I can't imagine as it is I put more money in here there's I can't I don't even have close to a good enough reason <laughs> you and your daughter watch me play you know I'm telling the truth in the spot like this I'll never put more money in here unless you sell me on it never ever ever <laughs> Garrett's been talking for a while trying to get some information and what I want to know is what would you do right now if you were in Stanley's shoes in this scenario, would you just sit there and remain stoic? Or would you start talking to Garrett and try to make him find the call? Pause the video and let me know what you would do in the comments section below. Yikes. Oh God, poker's so frustrating. It's such a frustrating game. Hi, oh, yikes. How many of these I owe you? Two minutes. All right, here we go. Thank you so much. Can't put the money in here, there's no way. Man, it'd be sick if you were bluffing here. I'm trying to even think about what you could be bluffing with. <laughs> Try to help me with a hand you could be bluffing with. like a man who's about to make a lot more money. <laughs> if you somehow know definitively in this spot that Garrett is folding, then you should probably do something. The thing is, though, is that I'm not actually sure in the spot if Garrett is definitively calling or folding at this point. So I think what the right thing to do for Stanley is, is to either just sit here and do nothing or to perhaps subtly try to look a little bit nervous. Because so far, he's actually been quite stoic in this scenario. And I think if he looked just a little bit more nervous, didn't say anything, but just like, uh, you know, tensed up a little bit, something like that, I think that's going to be the thing that gives you the best chance to get the call in this situation. Because if you think about it, in the spot, if Stanley's sitting here and Garrett thinks that Stanley thinks Garrett's going to fold, then why would he do anything if he wanted to get a call? Right? Because in the spot, if he starts talking, it's almost as if he is trying to induce Garrett to call. 
That makes sense? So I think the only thing that Stanley can reasonably do in this scenario is just sit here, do nothing, and pray he gets a call. There's actually a book called Verbal Poker Tells, I think is what it's called, by Zach Elwood. It's a very, very good book on all sorts of tells like this, especially in small and medium stakes games where people are talking to each other very loosely and very casually. But um, definitely check that out if you want to study these live poker tells a lot. And for all I know, I maybe got this one completely wrong. But if I was in Stanley's shoes in this spot, I would have just sat there, maybe tried to look a little bit timid, and Brady would find a call. So I think that's all he really can do because if you start talking, I think it becomes a pretty easy fold for Garrett. Let's see what happens. Okay, I'll fold. Good fold from Garrett. Garrett's stuck six figures right now. It would have gone a lot worse if he made that call. Garrett finds the fold, and I certainly don't fault him for the fold. This is a spot where, look, I think most people drastically underbluff by check-raising the flop. They drastically underbluff by jamming the turn. That said, I do think they're going to jam a lot of the turn if they are check-raising really polarized on this flop with draws and good hands. But this is a situation where I think, really, it's an okay hand to let go. I'm not all about folding the top pair all that often, but when your opponent takes a very, very strong line and they're not known to be overly loose and aggressive and crazy, you're supposed to overfold, and I, I suppose this is one of these hands that you can actually let go, and Garrett does find the fold. Good job, good work. That's gonna be it for today. If you enjoyed this video, do me a favor. Click the like and subscribe buttons down below. I would appreciate that. That is a free way to support the channel that costs you just one click. Good luck in your games. Have fun. If you hear a fold, I hope it's correct.